Welcome to another exciting episode of Patanjali Yoga Sutra Commentaries by respected Dr. Chinmay Pandya. Each episode delves deep into a selected set of sutras, so be sure to follow along and remember to revisit any episode you may have missed. We hope you enjoy and do stay connected with DSVV by following our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter pages using the handle at DSVVOfficial. Pranams to everyone from Shantikunj Haridwar Dev Sanskriti Vishwavidyalay. We have been discussing one of the most pioneering scriptures of India, the Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. And we have reached to the fourth verse of the Samadhi Pad till yesterday. Now we're going to start actually discussing the sutras after that. But before that, let us chant the Gayatri Mantra together. Gayatri being the power of the righteousness, power of the sadhgyana, sadbhav and sadkarma. The power that allows us to take the right path in the life, the path that is right for every soul to take. And she could be reached with this piece of Vedic Mantra. So those of you who could recite the Vedic Mantra of Gayatri, join us in chanting the Gayatri Mantra together. Om presence of Parampuja Gurudev Paramandaniya Mataji. We shall start today's discussion which is the discussion on the Samadhipad, the first chapter of the Yoga Sutra of Patanjali. And uh, as we were discussing it before that these are one of the most pioneering, one of the most insightful, one of the most immaculate scriptures ever written in the field of self-actualization, self-realization. They are the ones that help any seeker, no matter which caste, creed, religion, background that one person comes from. It allows every single individual without any kind of discrimination to reach to the ultimate possibility and ultimate potential of the human consciousness, which is the path of yoga, which is the realization of samadhi, which is the actualization of one's own self. And the journey started with Patanjali saying the famous verse Atha Yoga Anusashanam that let's talk about the yoga as a discipline. And why? Because yoga is the discipline that brings Chittavratti Nirodh which is the second verse of Patanjali's Yoga Sutra and the most famous definition of the yoga anywhere in the world that the Anushashanam that yoga talks about the banishment of Chittavratti's Nirodh it helps us to reach to the third verse that if one is able to accomplish that kind of banishment, calming, stilling, absolute control on one's personality, then we reach tada drishtuhu swarupe vasthanam. Then we are able to remember what we truly are. Then our purpose, our path, 
the final quest, the eventual freedom, the final liberation, all these things, whether we say that to Samadhi or Nirvana or Keval or Moksha, whichever way we would like to define it, that last frontier of knowing what I truly am and what my purpose on this vast existence is, that is unfolded to me. But if I am unable to do it, then Patanjali says that this is the fourth verse, Vritti Sarupyam Itiratra. Otherwise, we continue to behave as Vrittis are telling us to behave. Now the question comes that what are Vrittis? And now from 5th to 11th of verse, Patanjali would talk about them. And it is important to remember that they are not talking about, that he is not actually mentioning them because they are deep kind of spiritual knowledge. He is mentioning them to remember that we are not Vrittis. We are not supposed to listen to the Vrittis because they are helpful for us to reach to a final path of liberation. We are supposed to understand the Vritti so that we can understand what we are not. Because in the fourth verse, he said, Vritti Sarupya Mitratra, if we are unable to accomplish the path of self-actualization, are unable to know what we truly are and where do we belong in this vast universe and what is my purpose in, in this cosmosis, then I am guided by my Vrittis. So it is important to know the Vrittis because Vrittis are the ones that we are not. What are Vrittis? That comes the fifth verse of the first chapter and he says Vrittyah Panchattaya Klishtyah Aklishtyah. Let's divide that one by one into the words so that we can understand it. Vrittyah means Vrittis. This is the plural form of Vrittis. Vrittyah. Panchattaya Panch means five, Tayah means type. Klishteha, Klishteha. Klisht word comes from Klesh. Klesh means the source of the bondage. That's where the karmas are coming. So he is saying in total that Vrittis are five in number or there are five types of Vrittis which could be Klisht or Aklisht. Klisht means the ones which are helpful, harmful in the path of liberation and aklisht means which are helpful because they are not giving birth to the further karmas. So what Patanjali is trying to say that vrittis are total five in number or five in types and they could be helpful or harmful, they could be supportive or they could be detrimental, they could help us to find the path of liberation or they could be the source of bondage. This is what Patanjali is trying to say. And now two ways to understand this verse. One is to understand that what is the role that Vrittis are playing in our journey of the self-actualization. Because Patanjali has just talked about or rather I should rephrase uh, my statement. It is important to know that what kind of role Vrittis are playing in the path of yoga. The path of yoga is to uncouple myself, is to liberate myself from the vast storage of the karma and pratikarma that I have created in various lifetimes. Janma after janma, life after life, what we call as reincarnation after reincarnation, the storehouse house of the karma, the vast kind of storage that I have created, until unless I free myself or uncouple myself or liberate myself from that storehouse, there could be no final freedom. And to reach to that point, it is important to know that what kind of role Vrittis are playing. And to understand that, we need to understand that we are here. 
we are right now, whether I am talking and you are listening or you are talking, I am listening. We all in this moment of reality, whichever way we perceive it, we are here in this universe, in this given form, in this given time, in this given moment. And we are here, even if we wanted not to come to this planet, we are here because our karmas, as we talked about yesterday, they force us to take birth. In spite of the fact that we know that karma are the source of bondage, we are forced to come, we are forced to take life because karmas are the ones that we committed before they create the circumstances or they create the consequences of our action. We have two choices from there. Our circumstances as Patanjali would talk about in the chapter 2, that the karma that we have committed before, they give us three things, jati, ayu and bhog. Jati means that where I would be born, ayu means how long I would live, bhog means what kind of life I would have. He will talk about that in the second chapter, so I won't mention that right now. But basically in summary, what happens is that our karma that we created before, depending upon their intention, intensity and multiple other intricacies, they create my present day circumstances. I am here because of something that I did before. Now I have two choices in these circumstances. One, that I can face the circumstances, I can pay back my karma, I can bhog them, or I can react to the circumstances. We end up reacting because of the vrittis and because of our pratikarma reaction, we end up creating new karma. So this cycle continues, karma and pratikarma, action and reaction, ad infinitum, we can never escape because every time a new circumstance comes, rather than facing it, embracing it, the circumstances, we end up creating a new karma and this cycle continues. Essentially two things are happening at the same time. One thing is that our mind or chitta is constantly presenting endless vrittis to the true consciousness, to the swarupa, taking us further and further away from what our real self is, what our true identity is. Because we are constantly being mistaken by our vrittis. We think that we are vrittis. We think that we are our, like you know, the chitta vritti. That is one thing happening. Second thing that is happening is that every single impulse, intent, emotion, thought, experience, sensual pleasure, sensual gratification that I am experiencing at any given moment, they are being stored in my chitta as an imprint which we call as the sanskar. So we have got two problems happening at the same time. We have got a storage of the big vast karma that are there and we are supposed to pay back that. So we have got a longer deficit that we have borrowed from the central bank that we are supposed to pay back and at the same time we are creating the new karma. So we are in a very difficult situation, difficult situation that's why when in the Kathopanishad, uh, Nachiketa, the famous story goes when Nachiketa meets the Yama, I will tell that story on some other time. but. The story is that when Nachiketa says that what is the path of spirituality to Yam and Yam says Kshurasya dhara nishita duratya durgam pathastat kavyovadanti that this path of spirituality or the path of liberation or the path of final freedom it's like double-edged sword walking on the double-edged sword Kshurasya dhara 
it is so difficult that even the big rishis, even the greatest sages, they are afraid of walking on this one. They are afraid of walking on this one because you are supposed to do two things at the same time. One is to actually pay back the karma that you have committed before and second is not allow yourself to create a new karma. And these two things, one is actually determined by the Purvakrita karma, the past karma, another is determined by the vrittis. And that is why it is important to know both of them together. So, in this verse, Patanjali is saying, Vrittya Panchatya Klishtya Klishtya. Not a special spiritual sutra. He is just saying that vrittis are of five types and they could be of two types or two nature, two types of nature. One is helpful, second is harmful. And we can understand this in two ways. What he is trying to say that our chitta or for the sake of convenience, although they are not the same, but let's say that our mind, for example, is the source of the bondage, but it is also a source of liberation. What he is trying to say that it is source of both. It can either free us or it can bind us forever. It's like that famous story of Saint Ruvalwar, who was a famous saint in southern India. And one person went to him and he said that, uh, to the saint, he said that, I have been to every single ashram of India, every single guru I met, every single Maharaj I have seen, Swamiji, I met so many people, but I could never find peace in my mind. I am still struggling to get it. So Tiruvalluvar put a coin inside his hand and he said, could you find this in the outside, in the garden? He said, <laughs> you are joking, how can I find it outside, it's in your hand. He said, then why are you trying to find the peace outside? It is in your mind. The same thing. Our mind is the source of bondage, also a source of liberation. It's like we entered into this world from the door of the divinity and then we are stuck. But rather than actually opening the same door from where we came, we try to open all other doors. We can be out only through the door that led us in. But we are trying to open all other doors, the world door, the other door, the other door. How can they take us to the liberation when they were the ones which were creating the bondage on the first place? So what spiritual importance of this verse is that Patanjali is saying that Rittis could be klished or aklished. They could be helpful or harmful. They could be the source of liberation or they could be the source of bondage. We will talk about how after I have described all other vrittis. Second way to understand it that mind is like an instrument. It is like, like another senses. But somehow we end up using it like our owner. We give it too much of freedom to decide everything. It's like a tenant that came to our house and rather than giving him a room to live, we give him the house keys, we give him the house deed, we give him everything else. So mind was supposed to be a kirayadar as we say in Hindi, it's like a tenant in, in our body. But rather than it behaving like a tenant, then we treating it like a tenant, it ends up actually taking the ownership of entire place. And common practice in India, but like you know it is something that is uh, not supposed to happen. That you are supposed to like you know, be a tenant in this house and rather than this we give the complete control of our personality to the mind itself. There comes a very beautiful story in Vedanta of Acharya Shankar. He was walking and then he saw a farmer taking the buffalo with the rope tied in the neck of the buffalo for strolling. 
Now Shankar, Acharya Shankar asked the disciples, he said that uh, is the farmer taking the buffalo or buffalo taking the farmer? People laughed, they said of course, like you know, farmer is taking the buffalo for his trolling. So Acharya Shankar let the rope loose and then buffalo started to run. Now farmer started to run behind him. He said now who is taking whom? Whether buffalo is taking the farmer or farmer is taking the buffalo. Same is in our case. We were supposed to guide the mind for liberation. Rather, mind is guiding us to the bondage. It's happening absolutely opposite. So what Patanjali is trying to say is that to have an absolute control over the mind is the path of yoga. To have so much control that nothing can happen in our personality without our, our permission is the path of yoga. There comes a story of a saint in India who used to sit for meditation every day next to the river and the palace where he used to like you know the big fort because those days there were big forts and people used to had to take permission before going out of the fort and then entering inside also. So the entire city used to be in the perimeter of a fort. So he used to take permission of the guard to go out for meditation and guard used to say the person who was guarding the fort, he used to see that he is sitting in next to the river for hours and then coming back. So he had a curiosity. So he said to the guard, a guard said to the saint, he said, what are you doing? I see you every day going to the river and then sitting there for hours and then coming back. What do you do over there? He said, I will tell you, but before that tell me what do you do? What is your job? He said, my job is to guard, guard the fort. He said, what does that mean? He said, it means that I should allow the people who should come in and I should stop the people who are not supposed to get in. He said, I am also a guard. He said, what are you guarding? He said, I am guarding my mind. I am guarding the good thoughts to come in, but bad to stop outside. This is what the control is. We are supposed to guard it not let the mind take the control of entire fold. So if we try to understand the fifth verse, Patanjali is saying that vrittya, panchatya, klishtya, aklishtya. Vrittis are five in number and they could be helpful or harmful. They could be a source of liberation or they could be a reason for bondage. But it depends whether we would like to treat the vrittis as the owner of our personality or the tenant of our personality. Totally depends upon that. So after saying this verse, Patanjali then goes on to name the different vrittis and it would be good to take most of them together because they are just being named in these vrittis. Its idea is to understand that what is the purpose of these vrittis to be there. One thing to understand that what is vritti? Vritti is the state in which your mind would ever be found. So their presence is the proof of mind to exist. If vrittis are there, it means mind is there. If vrittis are not there, mind is not there, chit is gone. So what are the vrittis? He said five in number. What are those five vrittis? Those five vrittis are pramana, viparyaya, vikalpa, nidra, smritih. That is the sixth verse. He names them. These are the five vrittis. Pramana. Pramana means proof. We use the word in the court room proceedings. Pramana means proof. Proof means correct knowledge. The knowledge that you had to use to reach to a 
correct kind of conclusion that is called as the pramana. Viparya means incorrect, wrong, false information. Vikalpa means imagination. Nidra means sleep. Smriti means memory. These five are the vrittis. This is what the Patanjali is saying in the sixth verse. Then he goes further. There is nothing more to explain in here because they are, he is just naming the vrittis in this verse. Then he goes to the seventh and he further classifies the pramana. He says pramana could be an, again three types. So, pramana or the correct information or the correct knowledge could be ascertained by three sources. What are these, th these three sources? He says, pratyakshanumana gamanani pramanani. Let's actually try to understand them word by word. Seventh verse, first chapter, pratyaksha. Pratyaksha word comes from two words, prati aksh, aksh means eyes, what is happening in front of eye. So, if something is happening in front of the eyes, it is ultimate perception, it is the final, if you have seen it happening. So, if you have seen it happening, then there leaves no room for confusion. It means that this is final, perfect, absolutely correct, pratyaksh. Anuman is assumption, inference. I am reaching to a conclusion because of based on available evidence. Agam is verbal testimony, somebody has given their testimony, somebody has given their like you know statement. Just think that you are in a courtroom and what kind of information you need to reach to a decision. You need three kind of information. Something happened in front of your eyes, then fine this is the final proof. Now I have got CCTV image, I have got something, I have got people who are claiming that this happened in front of their eyes. This is Pratyaksh. Anuman that you reach to a conclusion because the evidence are supporting for it to happen. Somebody saw the murderer leaving at that time, the CCTV is catching him with the weapon in the hand and then he is seeing the person, victim going inside the room just before like you he entered. All these kind of evidences although nobody has seen it happening, but it leads to a kind of assumption that this happened. Verbal testimony that people are coming and they are giving a statement and they are giving in support of this statement that this is what happened. So like you know the Vyas who is giving the commentary, he gives a very beautiful analogy for these two, three to be described. He says that if there is a fire and you see the fire in front of your eyes, then this is Pratyaksha. It happened right in front of you, ultimate perception. But if you see the smoke coming out, then this is Anuman. Then you see the smoke and you think probably there is fire. You do not have to go inside the room to see that there is fire. But a smoke is coming out and you reach to a conclusion. Agam is that somebody comes shouting to you and say there is fire, there is fire and then you run, you hear the fire alarm and you run, this is the Agam. So all three are pointing towards Pramanani. They are the three types of Pramana. Now there are there are some more things to understand in this. Although Pratyaksh is absolutely happening in front of you, it is still not the final proof. How come? I give you an example. We only see what we want to see. We do not see what we like do not want to see. We are only seeing what our minds are telling us to see. So, imagine a situation where you are in a big hall, you are in a very big hall. And one of your friends that you like very much and he likes you very much, he is talking to another person that you do not know and pointing towards you and he is smiling. This is happening in front of your eyes, although you cannot hear what he is saying. But what you would assume seeing this, that he is probably saying good things about you. 
now imagine the same situation is happening and there is a person who don't like you and you don't like him and he is smiling and he is pointing towards you you may be thinking that he is making fun of me so it is happening in front of your eyes same situation is taking place but we have interpreted the information depending upon how we understand the context so that's why even the pratyaksha is not considered as the final proof in the vedantic understanding because it is still colluded or clouded by our own sense of interpretation our own sense of interpretation how i would like to interpret the circumstances would determine how i would like to understand it there is like you know this kind of understanding a very beautiful incident of gurudev's life that somebody approached him and said to gurudev that gurudev do you believe in god gurudev said no i don't I said you don't believe in god gurudev said i don't because i know god believe is for you when you know you don't need further belief our belief clouds it our belief what we want to see and the way we want to see it creates the sense of information so let's put everything together what we have understood so far it is started with patanjali saying vrittya panchatya klishtya klishtya vrittis are five in number and they could be klisht or aklisht helpful or harmful question comes what are these five vrittis he says praman viparya vikalpa nidra smriti these five are the vrittis of which praman he further classifies he says pratyakshanumana gamanani pramanani this pratyaksh anuman agam pratyaksh means happening in front of eyes but can still be questioned anuman is assumption agam is verbal confirmation of those who you cannot contradict their knowledge and sense just think that you are in the court room if you have got somebody like you know a very reputed doctor and very reputed like you know consultant and physician and he is saying in my best understanding in my best knowledge this case or this condition has led to this situation then judge would believe into him but if somebody walking randomly on the street and, and he says that in my understanding this clinical condition could have done this thing and that thing judge would not believe he would say no no i don't trust you similarly we trust the words of enlightened beings they are called agam in indian tradition because they came out of the mouth of those that we trusted to have walked on the path of enlightenment illumination self actualization if buddha is saying that even if we were not there at the time of buddha we believe if gurudev is saying even if we were not there at the time of gurudev we believe we say like you know gurudev has written 3400 books 3397 have been digitized 94 is still left to be uploaded and he left no single area on which he did not talk about immensely he wrote prolifically he wrote and we believe every single word that he says because he has walked on that path so his word is like an agam to us pratyakshanumana gamanani pramanani then comes the second verse he says viparre what is viparre viparreyo mithya gyana matadrup pratishtham viparre viparreyo means viparre mithya gyan means incorrect knowledge atadrup what it is not pratishtham established or seated in so what he is trying to say he is trying to say that viparre is the incorrect understanding or the false knowledge that is seated or that has established in the incorrect understanding same thing is happening but i am interpreting it wrong 
that becomes the viparya it's like people when they are in a situation of dusk and down when they cannot see properly and they see a, a rope moving and they think oh there is a snake or people are in the dark and the curtain is moving and they think there is a ghost or there is somebody actually behind it or you hear something and you think there is something over there because it is happening but your perception is clouded one reason for this to happen is because our perception can be clouded another reason for this to happen is because our understanding and insight and interpretation could be clouded sometimes we reach to a particular situation with prejudice in my mind if you already actually tell someone that you know people are actually they are not liking you inside and they are they would all they oh everyone is angry inside and then you will go inside the room very apprehensive you will go inside the room very anxious but if somebody says to you that listen people are so happy and they are so like you know friendly inside they are very cooperative they are very approachable and you are going for the interview you would go so peacefully contented it's because we approached with a particular mindset so sometimes the same thing is happening in front of us but we interpret it because of our prejudice that we say in hindi as the purvagrah so our purvagrah our preconceived notion the way we wanted to see the situation would also make us believe or make us create a wrong understanding of the situation even if it is happening in front of our eyes so this is the second vritti that patanjali says he says the first is praman and praman is pratyakshanumana gamanani pramanani three types then comes the viparya viparyayo mithya gyan atad rupa pratishtham that it is the false knowledge then comes the third one third vritti is vikalpa shabd gyan anupati vastu shunyo vikalpa shabd means word gyan means knowledge shabd gyan anupati resulting from anupati means from where it is coming out and vastu shunyo vastu also means object but here he is using the word vastu for vastvikta which means reality shunyo shunya means zero but here he is saying in, in to define something devoid of or absence and vikalpa means imagination so what he is trying to say he is saying that imagination is actually created by the words which are devoid of reality there is no reality but we have created it in our mind there is no real basis to it just think what you are imagining people are imagining that they are sitting in the mars they are imagining that they have created the entire civilization they are imagining that people have done good things to them they are imagining everything there is no end to the imagination you can imagine endless things which are good you can imagine endless thing which are bad it is like you know it is something that is created as a fabric of reality but without a basis of reality it's imagination and imagination can still give you the same kind of anxiousness people are afraid because of their imagined fear people are happy because of their imagined sense of security it brings immediately fourth is he says praman viparay vikalp comes the nidra abhav pratyalambana vritti nidra abhav means absence pratyay means many things but here it means content 
Alamban means support on which actually something like you know this thing is supported by these payas we call it like stools they are there. So, these kind of small pillars that are there they are supporting they are called in, in Hindi as the Alamban they are there. Vritti is Vritti Nidra is sleep. So, Patanjali is saying that sleep is that kind of Vritti that kind of Vritti which is created like you know in the absence of any content there is nothing happening but still mind is active because mind is constantly presenting vrittis to the true consciousness it does not give you a single second of relief until unless you control the mind and fifth one or the last one i am purposely going fast so that it is easy to create a coherent picture of it or the 11th verse he says anubhut vishaya asampramosha smrite Anubhut means experienced, Vushaya means sensual, sensual experiences, sensory experiences and Asampramosha means retained of, Smriti means memory. Memory is the retention, memory is the holding of every single experience that we ever had. You can only have a memory of things that you have experienced, you cannot have memory of something that you have not experienced. And he purposely brings it in the last because memory can only be created if there are experiences, if there are no pramana, if there are no viparra, if there is no imagination, if there is no sleep, what would you memorize about? So, memory would only come as the last thing. So, now let us bring everything together. Here in this one, Patanjali says that he is naming from 5th to 11th of verse that viparra, uh, vrittis are of five types. He says, Vrittya, Panchatya, Klishtya, Aklishtya, and they could be helpful and harmful. And these Vrittis, what are they? Then he names them Praman, Viparya, Vikalpa, Nidra, Smriti. Then he further classifies them Praman. He says they could be of three types Pratyakshanumana, Gamanani, Pramanani. Viparya, he says that it is incorrect information uh, that we have reached to based on false perception. So, Viparyo Mithya Jnana Matadru Pratishtamid gives an impression that it is real, but actually it is not real. Vikalp is Shabda Jnana Anupati Vastu Shunyo Vikalpa. It is devoid of reality, but it still gives us the same impression. And then Abhav of everything, devoid, absence of everything, Abhav Pratyalambana Vritti Nidra. Then comes the last which is Anubhuta Vishaya Sampramusha Ismrate. Now, how they could be clished and aklished. Last thing to talk about for today that how they could be helpful or harmful. So, praman is the proof. If it is helpful, helpful in the sense that you see the divine right in front of your eyes, then nobody can steal it away from you. It is like that I have been to Rome and somebody says, okay, there is no Rome, show me in the map I cannot see the Rome. I said, I makes no difference. I have seen Rome. Just like I was sharing the story of Gurudev that I have seen God, need no further proof. So, Praman, if it is helpful or if it is like you know the good one, then it gives you Ishwara Sakshatkar. It gives you the realization of the divine consciousness. If it is wrong, then it gives you argument, logic. People are just fighting with the words with no real sense behind it. They are just fighting like I was sharing the story of Shwet Ketu yesterday who was using different citations but had no experience of divine and his guru had to give him the like you know 
uh, understanding by mixing the sugar cubes in the water. If you remember that story, you can understand the concept. So, praman or the proof, if good, can give you the realization of the divine consciousness. Wrong, it makes you only you know surrounded by the logic. People are just fighting, they are just actually arguing with each other with no real sense and basis to it. Second thing is viparray. False information, how can that be good? That could be good if that helps us to create absolute devotion, Ishwar Pranidhan, that would come later on in the same chapter. There comes a very funny but beautiful story. A stories of a man and uh, in India there are two gods for prosperity, Ganeshji and Lakshmiji. So he got a statue of Ganeshji and he was doing the puja every morning of Ganeshji for many months but nothing happened, he did not become prosperous. He was very upset that Ganeshji is not helping him, so he started to do the puja of Lakshmiji. He said, no, I am not going to do for you, I will do only of Lakshmiji. So when he started to do the puja of Lakshmiji, then he got the incense sticks and, and he started to do the puja as some of you may have seen like you know the puja and then you have got incense sticks, you do the puja with. So smoke was coming and when smoke was going, then he thought that oh, I am doing puja only for Lakshmiji today, then why Ganeshji is having the smoke? So he took two flowers and put them inside the nostrils of the statue of the Ganeshji, he said it is not coming to you only for Lakshmiji today. A moment he said it, the statue of Ganeshji started to laugh. So he thought, how come like you know you are alive today? So Ganeshji said, today I had to come because today is the first time you did the puja, you did the like you know ritual with a belief that there is no statue, there is real Ganeshji there. He said, only your belief made me come. So even if it is wrong and even if like you know it is coming out of false information, but your belief is right, it would bring it. There is another famous story of Eklav in Mahabharat who created a statue, a statue of his guru that he wanted to have as the guru, as master. And that belief was so strong that the statue became alive and was teaching him. He teaching him to the extent that it made him Eklav as the best warrior of the, that time. So that belief has the power. That belief even if wrong, based on the wrong understanding can still give you the right result. And if it is wrong, if it is goes towards the wrong side, good side it can lead to devotion, bad side it can create cult. People are just creating the cult based on the complete wrong understanding. Third is the vikalpa, imagination. Good, it helps you to go deep into the concentration. Almost every guided meditation, I am not using I do not think they are meditation because we will talk about it when we will go deeper into the Yoga Sutra, but for the sake of convenience, let us say that the guided meditations, they are like imagination. You help people to have imagination that there is a rising sun, there is a like this and then you follow that to reach to a deeper state of concentration. That deeper state of concentration that can lead to the path of meditation or dhyana because actually that is a state of dharana that helps you to go deeper into your state. That is the positive side of vikalp imagination. Wrong side, people are stuck into the fantasies all the time. Then comes the nidra. Nidra, if it is then good, proper, then it becomes the yoga nidra. If it is then wrong, we are in the state of a stupor all the time. We are even walking and then our mind is asleep. It is not even gathering any information. We are just there, but 
we would have no memory. You ask people their memories and they would struggle to even say what happened today. It would be hard for people to actually count. They can tell about the instances where they were, what they did. But it would be hard for people to remember in the evening only because of the reason that we lived almost entire morning till evening in a state of unconscious. It becomes hard for even us to remember what happened in the dream five minutes later of, of waking up because we are in a constant state of stupor, in the state of like, you know, asleep. Comes the last, which is a smriti, memory. If you are able to remember what your true identity is, nothing more is left for you to remember. That is the positive side for you. Like uh, end of Gita, Arjun says, Smritra labdha mohanashto. When everything has been taught to him, he says, Thank you God. I remembered everything that I was supposed to remember. He does not say that you gave me so much of knowledge. He says, Mohanashto. My agyan, my ignorance has been like, you know, annihilated. And now I am able to remember what I truly am. Nothing more is needed. That is Smriti. And if we are unable to remember, then we are in a state of uh, like, you know, false memory all the time. We continue to think that we are like every other animal. We are supposed to be here for the wrong reason. So I end today's discussion by sharing a very beautiful story. Uh, and also the take home message for today's discussion. The take home message for today's discussion is these vrittis are not like you know they Patanjali is, uh, is not discussing them because they are important source of spiritual uh, upliftment. He is discussing them so that we can remember what we are not. We are not vrittis and we are supposed to have control, nirodha, calm, sort of uh, ownership over our chitta to accomplish the path of yoga. The path of yoga is actually nirodha, is the banishment of the yogasya, chitta vritti, like he says. So the um, last story that would be worth actually uh, remembering when we are trying to remember our path of self-actualization and would fit in to this uh, chitta vritti uh, scenario is the story that comes in the Vedantic uh, scriptures, a story of a lioness. Lioness was pregnant. She was about to hunt and she was full term pregnant. So, some hunter came, shot the lioness. So, this lioness, uh, she died. But as the she was about to give birth, she also gave birth before dying to a lion cub. And lion cub uh, had no mother and father. So, there was a herd of deers passing by. They started to look after the lion. Lion, now this is a small one. He forgot that he was a lion because nobody was there to remind him that he was the lion. He started to believe that he is like deers because deers were rearing him, deers were protecting him. One day big lion came, roared. When he roared, all the deers started to run and looking at them, this lion also started to run. So lion thought that deers are running, that is fine, the big one thought. He said, how come this lion is running? I never saw a lion running. So he forgot about the deer. So he said to lion, where are you running? He said, I am a deer. He said, no, you are not a deer. You are a lion. He said, no, no, I am a deer. Took him to the water. That lion took the small one to the water. He said, see, is there a difference between you and me? The moment he saw and he realized that he and the other lion are the same, his roar came back. He became the lion. That is the self 
memory that everyone needs to remember what they truly are. For a lion to remember that he is lion, you need another lion. For us to remember that we are divine beings, we need Gurudev. We have their blessing, we have like, you know, the blessings of the enlightened beings. Then we are able to remember what we are and what our true path and purpose is. The whole idea of the Yoga Sutra is to shake you, to awake you, to help you remind that what you are supposed to be rather than what you are not supposed to be, which are the Chitta So thank you for patiently listening. We continue our journey from here on and we end by the Shanti part, Shanti Mantra of the Vedas. Those of you who can send the Shanti part, join us in doing the Shanti part together. Om Deo Shante Ranta Harikshagvam Shante He Prethave Shante Rapah Shante Roshadhaya Shante He Vanaspataya Shantir Vishwe Devaha Shantir Brahma Shantehe Sarvagvam Shantehe Shantereva Shantehe Sama Shantereedhe Om Shantehe 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 Sarvarishta Sushantira Bhavatu Hamare YouTube channel Shanti Kunjak video Gayatri Parivarko subscribe karein even bell icon zarur dabayin taki Gayatri Parivarki vipindagati video ki jankari aapko milti rahe.